Queen Sassy Shoemate, the host of the Golden Conversation, your chocolate drop of truth, yeah, your chocolate drop of truth, yeah. <laughs> I know y'all heard them now, vocals. But anywho, if you have not listened to last week's episode, um, last week's episode I had my first guest on the podcast and I thank him dearly Lavender Moses Taylor um, if you haven't gone and listened to that podcast that one was about trauma bonding healing and friendships and other topics that came up if you want to hear please go back and listen to last week's episode and if you're new to the um, golden conversation go back and listen to season one and go back and listen to season two. You feel me? Okay? But today, I wanted to talk about um, self-advocacy. Um, being your own self-advocate, part one. I'm going to say part one because this is going to be me um, expressing my journey of being my own self-advocate um, in the health field or in the medical field with my with my health. So if you have been listening or you're just not listening, I have spoken in the past about me finding out that I had fibroids. So I would say last year in October, the beginning of October, I was going to um, doing my uh, regular female checkups. And when I went for my regular female checkup, my um, my uh, my doctor found uh, felt something firm uh, on my stomach and said that it might be a fibroid. So to confirm that it was a fibroid, I had to have a appointment um, for ultrasound. Uh, which that was a very interesting process. Um, I didn't know they could do an ultrasound in your vagina. I'm a very detailed person. So if you're curious about how that procedure went, I'm going to tell you right now. So I went to get an ultrasound and what they have to do is they have this device that shapes like a dildo, I will say. It looks like a and they have to put lubricant on the device and they stick it in your vagina. Thank God she warmed up the, the, the lubricant, but they stick it in your vagina and then they also put some on your stomach and then they have a monitor on the side to see where um, the fibroids are located. And at that time, last year, they said that I had three fibroids, what they had seen through the ultrasound. So this is the part where I come in to say about being your own um, self-advocate, okay? Don't just allow them to tell you X, Y, and Z without you having a clear understanding, without you using your voice to express your concerns, um, don't have them force you into something you're not ready for or don't have a clear understanding of 
um, in that moment and um, correct them when they're talking to you if you don't like their tone of voice. And also, um, when they're talking to you, make sure that they use a language because, you know, they're in the medical field, so they're used to using the medical terms um, towards you. If you don't understand those medical terms, speak up for yourself and say, excuse me, what do you mean by, I don't understand what that, you know, whatever your process is. So, this is the definition of self-advocacy. It says, you are able to tell people about your thoughts and your feelings. You are able to ask for what you need and want. You know your rights and speak up for your rights. So that's what self-advocacy is. And I am doing this because women of color, especially black women in the medical field, are not heard. They don't actually listen to what we what we are telling them. They base it off what they think. Um, there's been there's studies on health disparities of black women and how when they come in for any type of condition or uh, feeling any type of pain, it's always overlooked um, or thrown on, under the bridge. For example, um, once I started doing my research on fibroids and some of the signs of fibroids, I basically was having signs of fibroids since I started my cycle in the sixth grade. So in the sixth grade, I was either 11 or 12, um, or 11 and a half on 12. And I used to have a heavy flow. They say signs of fibroids are a heavy flow or um, blood clogging, um, you know, on your cycle and horrible cramps, horrible, just unbearable cramps. And I was having those symptoms since I was 11 and a half years old until I was 30. And going to the clinics and going to my appointments as a young girl until, you know, a young woman I am today, those signs were overlooked until now I have, you know, fibroids and there are different sizes. I have one that's big, 8.8. And 8.8 is like the size of a um, uh, a grapefruit. And then the other ones are like medium, like the size of a walnut. And then the other ones are small, like the size of a, um, a grape, depending on what size grape. So uh, that's why I'm really um, passionate about people, doesn't matter if you are a woman of color or not, but being your self-advocate. And so the reason why I'm telling you my journey is because last year when I was um, going through this, like as a black woman, going through this as a single black woman, um, I don't have kids yet. And this might be a possible uh, thing that maybe hindered me from having kids. Uh, there, there has been a lot of studies in the black community of women who had fibroids and they end up having to get a hysterectomy. That was one of my biggest fears is to not have surgery. I did not want to have surgery because there were so many trauma 
trauma trauma um, stories of women, especially women of color, who went through their whole life having bad cramps or whatever, and then it got to the point where they just had to take. Uh, they had to, they well the doctors said they had to get a, a hysterectomy, but um, I do believe that some things holistic care can help. Um, for example, myself. Um, I'm 34, so four years ago, um, the Holy, I'm not gonna say something, the Holy Spirit had told me that I needed to stop eating meat, because, um, every year I go on a 21 day fast, and I never pay attention that I feel so light when I don't eat meat, but I've been connected to my cycle of how my body was different, so I slowly weaned myself off of meat, I would just do chicken then I went from chicken to just turkey and then I started buying fish and other things and vegetables and now it's been um, two years going on three years that I've been a pescatarian slash um, vegetarian Uh, and I'm so happy that I did change my eating habits because once I changed my eating habits my body felt so lighter um when I was on my cycle, I wasn't having heavy bleeding. I wasn't having like heavy like blood clots. I wasn't having bad cramps. Like I'm hardly having any cramps at all. I mean, now it's just me having a, a, a tight, I mean, a snappy, I should say, a snappy um, attitude when I'm on my cycle. So I changed that when I was 30, which is now four years ago. And that was a big, in my opinion, I feel like if I wouldn't have done that, when I went for the checkup, I probably would have been having to have a hysterectomy because of the the bad eating habits that I had in the past and not knowing how um, certain foods can hinder the body, especially uh, women of color. So now going back to um being myself advocate um speaking to my doctor so i'm in the doctor's office and you know they they get the um the the ultrasound and they were telling me you know this is what you could do basically they were saying you can keep an eye on it for a year or so to see if it gets bigger or smaller or what you need to do or just try to get pregnant or um or have a procedure and this was last year this is all of them just saying right and I'm just like in my head I'm just like oh my god that's a lot to process especially by yourself and so so last year I made a decision to um just to keep an eye on to keep an eye on it and to continue my eating habits and to educate myself more about fibroids and educate myself more about the different procedures to have them removed or what I can do holistically to have them shrink so a year go by and um, they didn't get bigger and they and they didn't get smaller so I was considering getting the surgery but you know before you can get the surgery you got to get an MRI so man oh man right I'm nervous. Oh, before I get to the MRI, 
Oh no, yeah, I'm gonna get to the MRI first and then the, the other part will connect. And so I get the MRI. I was scared out of my mind because I didn't you when you try something new, doesn't matter if it's the MRI or anything, you can't base your your fear off of other people's experience because I was traumatized for my parents and my because they have health issues and they always used to say like oh the MRIs I hate them they're loud they're this and it's that so it just like I was scared to go so I prayed about it and I did it and I just encourage people if you ever have to get an MRI um, now they have earbuds and the little headphones to cover and I would just say when you get your MRI keep your eyes closed and just do good breathing like I was just when I was in there I had the earbuds in and the headphones and it wasn't bad because I just did breathing I just just was doing nice you know breaths just just like calming my body down to not overreact and not to open my eyes I just encourage you just keep your eyes closed I think if you open your eyes and see yourself in this tube and you know if you're claustrophobic um that just would not work for you so I would just encourage you if you ever get an MRI do deep breaths and close your eyes and and calm your body down so anywho so I had to get the MRI so they can see exactly where the fibroids are so I um did that and come to find out I didn't have three fibroids I had five fibroids yes I have five. Oh, and just in case if I didn't mention it before fibroids are a tumor that grows either inside the uterus or outside of the uterus um, they're not cancerous and they're not any harm unless um, it starts to uh, um, they're they're not cancerous, but they can be harmful if they grow too big and they start causing other complications in the body. Thank God, mine's where they are. They're not causing any complications in my body. But, so before I get into that, right? So, I get the MRI. The doctor is telling me you have five. And my biggest concern is I'm not a mother yet. But I want at least one child, okay? And they couldn't, every time I asked them, is, there, is the fibroids in an area where it can prevent me from having kids? Or if I was to get pregnant in the moment, would it prevent or would it hinder the process of the child growing inside me? They couldn't really give me an exact answer. So the doctor... Um, uh, had me talk to the surgeon who will be um, who is uh, known for doing those surgeries the, the surgery is called I never say it right liposcopal liposcopal something anyway it's um, the procedure but I was very frustrated with my 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 uh, doctor because um, there are other ways to either shrink fibroids or get get um, removal of the fibroids 
And I was frustrated with my doctor because she was only telling me one way. And I had to advocate for myself and let her know that regardless if you think that way is the best way for me, please still provide me with all the information so I can make the best decision for myself, for my body. Yes, those are the exact words that I use towards my doctor. You have to make sure that you also do your research and know that they're your options. And it is okay to get a second opinion. And yes, I did get a second opinion. And most of the doctors were saying like, oh, don't get the surgery um, if you don't need it. You know, some people will um, get it because some, in some cases, some women who have fibroids still are able to um, have children and and, still, and get them removed after or whatever the case may be. But I took the time to do my research and find out what I felt was best for me and not being rushed to make a decision. Um, and really taking time and talking to other women that um, that have similar situations that I did. Um, also, um, going on YouTube and hearing other women's um, input of the procedure. Uh, it it was. I'm not saying those are my answers, but it's good to sometimes get um, people's perspective who have fibroids and a people's perspective who had the procedure and the success story of it and not just rushing in, rushing into um, rushing or doing something out of fear and and out of confusion I never make a decision out of fear and, and if you're confused and so once I had all that information the doctor was really just like, well, I would encourage you to have a procedure, you have a procedure. And she was just going to schedule the appointment and have me have the surgery. And so I had to tell her, like, that's not going to happen. Because she said something that you're not thinking realistically. And I'm like, wait a minute, woman. <laughs> I am thinking realistically. I had to give her a reality check of me being a black woman in this medical field and having these symptoms since I was 12 years old or 11 and a half years old and been overlooked even as a child. And now as an adult, I'm supposed to just automatically listen to what you have to say. No. And also, I seen my doctor. Um, Jada Pickett Smith has a Facebook show called The Red Table Talk. And she had an episode about how um, black women in the medical field and hospital have bad experiences in the field because they're overlooked and they're not um, heard, they're, they're not listened to, and that you know they think that when we come in for pain or any symptoms, that we're being dramatic, we're, we're you know that stereotype of us being strong black women. Don't get me wrong, we are strong. But at the same time, we're still human beings and we still feel and have pain. And when we come in for any type of pain or any type of concern, they don't believe it until it's too late. And so that's why it's important for you to advocate for yourself 
regardless if it seems like they're getting annoyed regardless if you're getting frustrated speak up for yourself and let them know that you take your health seriously and you're not just going to hop in to something without having a clear understanding you have to have a clear understanding about yourself and your body and what you're going to do and what their suggestions are you have to remember what they're saying are suggestions they're not the answer unless you choose to you know make that decision but make sure that's your choice okay and so I had sent her this video to show her where I'm coming from because you're not going to make it seem like I'm not taking care of my health that's what you're not going to do um so I send her the video and then she had a better understanding and then now she's you know she's communicating more she had me um she scheduled an appointment to talk to the radiologist who um did my MRI to give me feedback give me a better understanding of what's going on um I met with the doctor who will will who will be doing the surgery which I'll get more into that um I've been constantly um having appointments with her building a relationship with the person that that's i want to have do this procedure and not just scheduling the appointment no i need to know i need to communicate i need to ask questions i need to understand what is going on and they were able to um show me my mri show me where it's at and where it's located um and which that's what helped me make the best decision for myself. Okay? Now, not allowing them to make the decision. I made the decision. Because once I did my research and then hearing their input and me praying on it, I have came to the decision that I will have the procedure. And I'm having the procedure not out of fear, not out of confusion, not of um, what other people think I should do. It was something I honestly feel that I need to do for myself and for my future. Um, I, like I said, I'm very open. I'm transparent. So the one of the, the biggest fibroid that I have that's 8.8 centimeters, we rounded up to 9 centimeters, it sits right on my stomach. And it's very uncomfortable when I lay down. So when I lay down, my my um, my stomach kind of I can feel it cave in a little bit because I can feel the 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 fibroid uh, the roll like roll is weird it, it, like I can feel it and it's very it's it's uncomfortable but it doesn't cause me any pain. Um, and like I said before, I do want to have children. Yes, there are. Um, some uh, side effects or you know things that can um, happen because of the procedure that can probably you know prevent me from having any kids at all. But um, by me having this relationship with this doctor and communicating with her, um, her answering my questions, uh, her also showing me um, several different reviews of her success stories of her doing this procedure, making sure that. I'm comfortable in knowing that she can do the job. That's what I mean by being a self-advocate and building that relationship with the person that's going to be on your body. Because I'm going to be under anesthesia. So, 
I have to have some trust in the person that's going to be doing my procedure. So that's why I feel like it's very important to be your own self-advocate and not just take what they're, they're giving you, but also take the time for yourself. So before I came to this conclusion, this, this, this answer, I just didn't jump into it when, they, when I first found out that I had it. No, I took the time to do research. I took the time to do some holistic care and see. And, you know, just to try to make sure that it didn't get any bigger. Um, my eating habits change. Exercising. Um, making sure I'm taking care of my body. Making sure I'm asking questions. Constantly asking questions of what it what's the possibility what's the outcome what's the you know just anything that's on your mind about whatever it is that you have going on with your body ask them ask the questions and also do your own research and also it is okay to get second opinions and also know that your body is your body you can't compare your body to somebody else's success story but don't get me wrong it's good to hear it but just know that you have to do what's best for you. And the reason why I'm making this decision is because I know that I want to at least have one child. And I would want myself not to make a decision for my future out of fear. And I felt that the main reason why I was not trying to have the, the procedure of the surgery is because out of fear because of the history of black women having this procedure and a lot of women having their whole hysterectomy like procedure they went in thinking they were getting fibroids removed and all of a sudden their whole box get removed or um, different things and then I had to realize that I can't act out in fear I just can't <laughs> I'm a queen. I can't act out in fear. I'm a child of God. I can't act out in fear. And um, I had came to a realization. My real realization is um, my mother. My mother is 63 or 64. No, 63. And my mother has had, I want to say, probably over 10 different type of procedures of amputations and things that she has to deal with the diabetes and my mom is the strongest woman I know so if my mom can do it for her health why can't I so that 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 was my reason why I did it but at the same time I didn't allow my doctors to force me into something without me being comfortable with my decision um because it was, it, it, I'm not going to lie, like, this was very uh, overwhelming process, uh, especially to do this as a black woman single, to make this decision for myself um, and not have, I mean, I have support, don't get me wrong, I got support, baby, <laughs> I got support, but most most of the women's stories that I, I've seen, they had a partner husband you know their spouse you know whoever and it was hard for me because I'm making this decision by myself but I know that God is 
I ask God to <laughs> this is this is this is true and then I'm a um name uh, ways that you can be a self-advocate for yourself but I ask God for to continue to give me wisdom and to 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 allow me to hear the Holy Spirit spirit clearly and God knows that I want to, to have the, the mother experience like as much as I be scared but I, I want to have the whole process oh that was another thing that I was um before I get into that was that having this procedure I won't be able to have a natural birth I will have to have a c-section because of how the procedure is done I will have to have a c-section um once it's my time to have a child and at one point I'm not gonna lie I was devastated to hear that like when I was devastated I mean I was crying baby because it's a it's, it's a stigma towards women if you have your baby naturally or if you have a c-section it's like oh you're not you know woman it's, it's a lot of shit that be going on with all that stuff but then my cousin brought it to my realization and said I'd rather you still have the option to have a kid than not to have a kid and so that made me think okay I might not be able to, to give birth naturally but I would still be able to and when I mean naturally, for people that probably don't know what naturally means, through the vagina, baby, pushing that thing out between my legs, I won't be able to do that. I'm going to have to have a scheduled C-section once it's my time to have a kid. And that was another thing that was hard for me to process because I always thought I was going to have a natural birth. But what you think and what God has in store, baby, is two different things, Okay. But um, back to what I was saying, uh, being yourself advocate and um, of me making this decision, it was, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I was fearful um, because of so many, so many horrible, horrible stories of women who, um, you know, didn't have that opportunity. And it just, you know, had to move. But I put my faith in God. And I'm nervous. Because this is my first time ever having a procedure done like this. The only time I had surgeries like oral surgery, like at the dentist appointment. So this is my first time going in. Getting this. And so basically what I was saying. I ain't forgot. Uh, I asked God to give me wisdom. I asked God to help me overcome my fears. Overcome my fears. When you ask God to help you with something, baby, you don't know how he going to help you with it, but he going to help you with it. And so um, one of my fears is uh, not waking up, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I, I'm not ready to go. I ain't, it ain't my time to be six feet under ashes. And being under anesthesia, somebody putting me to sleep, and I, it ain't the sleep that I like to be put to. Okay. But um, that was one of my fears. And I'm going to face my fears. And I'm going to come out strong, healthy, 
and ready for my future husband. My future husband's gonna be ready for me. Okay, so be your own advocate. Even when you're scared, even if you're nervous, use your voice. Okay, use it. Challenge them. Not be stubborn. That's the difference. Not be stubborn, but challenge them in a way that they have to make sure you are okay with what's going on and that you have an understanding of what's going on and what's going to happen. And that is your choice, not theirs. Okay? So, before I leave, um, I have 10 tips on um, the importance of self-advocacy. Number one, believe in yourself. Number two, know your rights. Number three, decide what you want. Number four, get the facts. Get the facts, baby. Um, Number five, plan, planning strategies. Six, gather support, yes. Gathering support is very important um, for me to make this decision. I didn't tell a lot of people. I told people who I knew I can trust and I knew that they wasn't going to come in with a negative perspective. They were going to come with an open mind and give me their honest opinion and also give me some advice of what I should ask the doctor and um that's very important to have um, gather your support. So that's very important. Um, number seven, target your efforts. Like make sure you pinpoint things that you need to say and what needs to be addressed. If you gotta write it down or if your phone text yourself what the things that you need to, to say and to, to address, okay? Um, number eight, express yourself clearly. Clearly. When I mean clearly, don't leave no loose ends. Don't leave the ball in their court. Okay? You have control of the ball. Make sure it's clear. Clear. Okay? Crystal clear of what it is that you expect and what you need. Okay? So you have a clear understanding. Um, and number nine, assert yourself clearly. Like, be confident in yourself about what you're doing and your decision making. Number 10, be firm and persistent. Baby, I made sure I was firm and persistent. Okay? Make sure that you are clear. And I'll give a great example of that. In this procedure, you have different doctors. I have my primary doctor. I have the doctor who's going to be doing the procedure, the surgery. And then I had the doctor who's the radiation, you know, or the physician that was the radiation doctor or whoever that did the MRI. And I made sure that I communicate with all of them. And I made sure that, make sure that the information is, the same across. When I talk to someone, make sure you look at my information and know what you're talking about. Because baby, my memory is good. Okay? 
I remember. So be firm and persistent and don't let them have them self-doubt yourself. And if you're unclear or unsure, tell them, I need time to think about this. Let me get time to process this. And make sure you get all documents. All documents. Okay? Either you can ask them to print them out or have them send them to you in an email. But make sure you have all your documents. All right. So that's the ending of this show with your girl, Queen Sassy Shoemate, your chocolate job for truth. And remember, no regrets, just like lessons. Love y'all.